Hello and welcome to the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. In this episode, I'm in conversation with new RICS President Anne Gray and recently installed Chair of the Board, Martin Samworth. Over the next 30 minutes, we find out a little bit more about who Anne Gray is, what makes her tick and what she hopes to bring to the RICS in her 12-month presidency. And Martin Samworth gives us the inside track on what his role as Chair of the Board will mean for the future of the RICS how passionate he is about bringing pride back to the institution and how he wants members to be its greatest advocate. This was recorded live in the belly of the RICS HQ at Parliament Square, which is not the most modern of buildings, as those who have been there will know, but that is on Samworth's to-do list. So, if the audio is a little less perfect than you've come to expect from an EG Property Podcast, that is why. But if you want to understand more about how those leading the RICS plan to make it great again, listen in and enjoy. So we are here at RICS HQ and I am joined by new president Anne Gray and Martin Samworth who has recently been appointed chair of the board and... um, just really interested, actually, first, Anne, to just get a bit of a feel for, for, for you and what you plan to bring to um, this institution. But really keen to um, have our EG listeners understand a little bit more about what drives you and what, what excites you about real estate. Sure. And I'm the fourth female president. And um, what's kind of cool about that is that nobody's actually talking about it at all. Um, it's, it's not a question that I get, and I think that is a huge new day for, for RICS, that it's not a topic. Um, so that's, that's thing number one. Um, I uh, got my credential, I think it was in 2010, somewhere around there, and I've over time increased my involvement in governance of the institution. And um, it's, it's just been, a, 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 every year I learn, I learn something new about how important the mission is globally um, for the property industry and increasingly for the planet, um, and it's a, you know it's really an honor to kind of lead those efforts, um, and and that that's what appealed to me about it. Yeah, fantastic. And tell us a little bit about your your history in real estate. You run your own business over in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And you had an exciting background in in movies, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Before right. that. yeah, yeah, I've been an extra. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, my, um, you know, I started off as an architect, and I realized very early on that um, I'm, a, I'm a competent designer, but not a great one, and um, I really, uh, the, the idea of being on the owner's side of the table really appealed to me, so I very quickly switched to, um, to the owner's side, both in speculative commercial development as well as institutional, which is when um, I worked at Paramount, and I was there for eight years, um, heading up their pre-construction group, so it, it was really the whole range of skills that are contained in the RICS big tent from property acquisition to occupancy and you know Oscar worthy um, stage sets uh, were um, it, it was it was the whole range of RICS skills that came to play and after that it was a it was a really fun job by the way um, so after that I, I started my own business and I have used that range of skills in, in a consulting practice now for 30 years 
Fantastic. And, and tell us a little about a bit about the market over there. I'm sure here our UK listeners are always looking to the States to see oh, what's happening over there. <laughs> what's happening <laughs> over there, yeah. Well, you know, the United States is so huge that it's actually um, hard to sum up because at the end of the day, real estate is all local. Um, and we have lots and lots of sort of micro markets and, and um, you know, different kind of um, influences that I, su- I suppose you could add them all up and, and look at our, you know, interest rates and, you know, incentives to, to borrow money and how, how much risk you can tolerate and that kind of thing. Um, but I will say this, um, we have um, not had a recession. Um, we've had continuing uh, construction going on. It construction was not shut down during the pandemic so it allowed a lot of the pipelines to play themselves out um, while projects were being entitled for, you know to, to fill in and um, and it's so there there's been a bit of a change in occupancy let's say because of the obviously work from home patterns mm-hmm. um, but it it hasn't changed dramatically the kinds of home ownership that's been happening it hasn't changed our the occupancy rates residentially um, Occupancy is very low um, right now, obviously, in the, in the commercial sector. Um, retail is recovering, and industrial was on fire during the pandemic, and now it's leveling out, but it's, it's also not, not going down. So very, very similar to, very similar to yeah. what, we're, yeah. what we're seeing over yeah. here in, in the UK. Let, let's turn to presidency then. Um, grand title, isn't, isn't it? Uh, um, Tell me how you're gonna, how you're gonna sort of run your presidency here. I I suppose you know we think of the the UK HQ for us. Mm. Yes, you're obviously Pasadena is home, but uh, you are you planning to travel a lot? How are you planning to to make sure that you're felt, I guess, throughout the whole of the RICS? Yeah. Um, so the presidency um, under our under our reform documents um, now is both chairing governing council as well as an ambassadorial function. So there is a there is a travel component um, which will be very member focused. Um, part of what we're looking at is kind of reorienting our um, our our operation to serve members more regionally in a more of a more of a bespoke kind of a way. And um, one of my very favorite things is is meeting members, shaking hands, you know, seeing them kind of in their in their native environments. Mm-hmm. So so that's a really fun part of the job. Um, the other part of the job is making sure that we have the corporate infrastructure in place to enhance member engagement, enhance member services, and make sure everybody's feeling that they're getting the value for their for their dues. Mm. And and you'll do you'll do that by traveling, will you? Or yeah, so part of it is traveling, and yeah. then part of it is just, you know, the hard work at my desk, yeah. working with working with Martin. Fantastic. And yeah. I guess, you know, the way we, that we've changed our working patterns enables that much more than maybe, maybe there was two years ago. Excellent. And then, and then I guess, key, key themes, you know, uh, reading up on you before I came here, there was a... There was a um, quite a few articles around D and I, as we'd expect as, mm-hmm. as women in, in the industry, yeah, people expect us to, to right. talk uh, talk about that. I saw some some um, and, you, and you mentioned earlier some some ESG um, sort of focus there. What if you as it comes towards the end of end of your presidency? I don't want to talk about that right <laughs> now. It seems a bit um, uh, premature. But what do you want to be remembered for? I, I suppose. So I think. Uh, 
one of my, um, of, of course, enhancing our, our um, the DEI, you know, in, internally, is, which is, you know, more in, in Martin's um, realm, but also establishing ourselves as a leader in collecting data and benchmarking diversity in our industry as a whole um, will be an important effort that'll be going on this year. And then in terms of ESG, one of, um, one of my real interests is, I, I honestly think there are many, many, many very smart professionals that understand the environmental components of what makes a good building. Um, the really tricky part is the social factor and the governance factor that goes into making a truly ESG qualified development. And so those are the kinds of things that I would, I'd be really interested in exploring professionally. Fantastic. And Martin, let's um, pull you in, in here and, and your new role and how, how you will work, I suppose, with, with Anne in, in helping, I suppose, re- re-establish the RICS as we, as we want it to be established. Mm. Well, we're obviously working very closely together around that. There's a number of common themes that we've already referred to in that context. Uh, some of the other pro- There are some slightly different priorities for me there, of course, which is uh, as much around how we make sure that we are working towards operational excellence within the institution, just in terms of how we organise ourselves and how we deliver for our membership and how we deliver for all our other stakeholders and how we work and help the government on their agenda as well. So all, there's a, a myriad of different components to it, of course, but fundamentally we, we come back to delivering operational excellence, delivering for our membership and our other stakeholders. Fantastic. And, and can, can you talk me through some of the practical things there that you, you can do and, and, and working with yeah, them? Yeah, okay. Well, there's, there's obviously the um, report that has been prepared by Lord Bishop that is a, effectively a transformational journey that we're we're going on uh, and so there's a lot in in that that we're looking to execute on and deliver uh, that is going to require some uh, analysis of the uh, the institution the way it's organized um, the various committees and panels that exist within it and how they're populated who chairs those etc so um, there's new elections and things get starting very soon and obviously one of the priorities is is the new uh, leader uh, effectively the new ceo role as it's been redefined. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but actually the title has been changed from the previous search and as a DG to CEO. Mm. So that is a, obviously a key priority, and then a lot of other things spin off that appointment, which we're hoping to get done during the course of Q2. Fantastic. And I'm keen as, as, as well, and I know it was in the um, Bichard review, and you've mentioned it, too about the the focus on regional regional markets and you know the RSS is this huge beast mm-hmm. isn't isn't it and you know it's particularly big here in the UK but then when we look when we look um, globally there are so many offshoots to it and trying to oversee that is is a difficult is a difficult job. Um, I'd be keen to understand even more from you about both of you actually about how we. Um, focus in on those regional markets to ensure that the whole the whole actually delivers for for this industry that you know needs some help doesn't it in terms of its um, perception in terms of the role that it plays in you know people planet and, and everything else it's a big question i apologize it is a very big question um and and i will i will say this i think how the whole organization is um is managed as you say um, the key to that is not trying to manage it so much from London. And one of our goals is to empower our regions 
to develop more bespoke set of member services and ways of dealing with members that work for those regions. RICS, what members get from their RICS membership varies depending on where they're at. And at the core of it, of course, is our, our standards and our regulation and our you know, thought leadership and our code of conduct, all of that kind of stuff is, is everywhere. Um, but what you get as a, as a member that works for you, that makes the organization relevant to you, is going to be different depending on where you're at. So the key is unlocking that mm -hmm. so that each of the regions can provide what they need to serve those members really well. Um, and that's what we'll be working on through the course of the year. Bit, a bit like devolution and levelling up, I suppose, <laughs> within the RCS. I, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the key is to, is to use our diversity as a membership body as a strength. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to get to the point where, where all the members are, the 133,000 members around the world, because it is a global organisation, as you rightly pointed out, are... Um, strong advocates for not only the institution in itself, but also the things that the institution is trying to influence around the world, around the built environment. And there, there's many different examples we can pick up, whether that's DE&I, whether it's sustainability, you know, cost of debt, housing supply, whatever example you want to take. But those 133,000 members should be informed, they should be continually improving, uh, and they should be outwardly interfacing with other um, influencing bodies and individuals around that whole agenda. So, I mean, it is a membership body at the end of the day, and it would be great if the members can come together on a regular basis, share those insights, discuss how they might influence that uh, agenda with us, with governments or cities or whatever it may be, um, and spend time together, etc. So we're trying to facilitate that, and that's where empowering people more regionally or locally comes in. Mm. Um, just a small point, but within the budget, because we're, we're fixing the budget at the moment, at a practical level, how we resource that, you know, with people and with financial support to enable them to do it. And that's the challenge, isn't it? People are always the, the challenge, and mindset, I suppose, is always the challenge. And it's interesting to hear you talk about members advocating, because I think they're, you know, certainly you know, from the stuff, the stuff that we've we've been writing over the last couple of years, we haven't seen we haven't seen that. We've seen no, no. people no. Um, sort of almost almost turn their backs. But then you see the other side, and you know, all the young um, people coming into the industry are so happy when they pass their APCs and cel and celebrate that. So there's something still there, isn't there, to 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 harness and and bring that ambassador. There's a, there's a lot still there, and actually, you, you just referenced. I, I click on LinkedIn reasonably regularly. I'm not a slave to LinkedIn, but I, I do click on it reasonably uh, uh, regularly, and I get a very warm feeling every time I see a young person say, I'm proud to have just become a charter surveyor. Yeah, yeah? It, it, it's a really, really it's a small thing, but and I've been through the journey, so I know what it's like, but it makes it gives me a really warm feeling, and, and there's a lot of very positive feeling across the whole kind of spectrum of members, I believe, about the. The, the warmth that is uh, felt towards the RICS and their desire to see it as a flourishing, influential, uh, engaged and dynamic organisation. Now, you might say some of those um, sort of adjectives perhaps aren't quite the right ones that you've seen in the recent past, and, and that might be a fair observation, but that's the aspiration and I think that's the opportunity that we can deliver. Mm. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy journey, we might have to change a few things, but it is part of a transformation, 
but that is the opportunity that exists. And there's a lot of very strong foundations, a, very lot, a lot of very strong support, and lots of members that want to be involved you know, in helping the organisation to achieve that aspiration. Mm. And Anne, do you, do you take that ambassadorial role um, to showcase to people as well that, hey, you can, you can be, why don't you be the next president? And you oh, absolutely, I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this, is, um, it, uh, this is a profession that um, is actually, at the end of the day, really interesting and really fun. And I think that most of the people that get into it recognize it as that. Um, they take a lot of pride in their work. Um, and as an ambassador, um, I hope to communicate that and, and help people refine that sense of joy in what they do professionally. I think the other thing that you shouldn't sort of overlook is that it is also a global standard bearer for the, ind- for the real estate industry. I mean, it sets the standard and is constantly looking at how we can raise the bar, how we can you know, work and improve the environment that people are living or working or, or kind of playing in. And, and those are really, really important things. Um, and, and there aren't many other bodies that, that have that same responsibility or opportunity to do that in the same way that the RCS does. And that, that respon- that's a big word, responsibility, isn't it? Not just in length and spelling, but in um, no, the, the full um, feeling yeah. of it. And, and we see it, you know, that there's very other... Or I, I can't think of another institution that gets called out in a, in a white paper to say, we're going to look at you and, you know, on a, a five-year five year basis to make sure that you are um, living up to that responsibility. Yeah, well, that, that's obviously under discussion at the moment. Um, but if you if you look back at the, the history around some of that, I think the the RICS um, made some correct calls and observations um, around some of those things. So they they um, uh, there is a heavy responsibility for it. Yeah, um, but but it's not just a local one. It it is a global one and a global opportunity to make a difference. Yeah. Whether that's sustainability and you know, CO two emissions from 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 real estate or, or or any other aspect that you want to pick up, and it should be at the forefront of that mm. um, thought leadership and that change and evolution that exists for our built environment. And what's the what's the ask? I I suppose we've already talked about members being ambassador ambassadorial, um, but is there a, you know is there an individual ask for people to to have I guess help bring the, uh, that, that responsibility back, that shine that the RICS should have back to, to what it is and does and, and, and could be. If, you, if you're talking to, to members, if you're talking to those regional leaders, what, what do you want from, from them? I suppose um, the conversation would be something about recommitting to the organization, um, you know, really pretty much on a daily basis. Um, when you hold this credential, you reflect um, all of the high standards that Martin was talking about, um, a, you know, a, really a commitment to the planet and to the public advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter how small your practice is or how large the firm is that you work in, we, we share a dedication to the public benefit. Um, and that is part of the pride that we can take in what RICS as an institution. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think the 133,000 members are all individual members. They're all members of equal standing and everything else, no matter where they work or come from, they're members. Um, but I think, I think it's also important that we, we um, as an organisation, facilitate their participation mm. and make that an easy thing and a desirable thing for them to want to do. I would also make the observation that it's very true that you tend to get out what you put in for things. So actually be an active participant and play a part in it. And I think hopefully you'll find that more rewarding than just sitting on the sidelines, for example. Yeah, and I assume all doors are open, you know, there's, there's Absolutely. you know, you can ask questions, you can push back, that's how, how things get better, I think. Of course, think. yeah, absolutely right. Well, there's, so there's, there's involvement with the, with the organisation itself, as, as Martin was referring to, but we also have other opportunities. There's a, um, the Chartered Surveyors Training Trust, where you can do mentoring, there's um, Lionheart that helps with mentoring APC candidates and with mental health issues. Um, the Chartered Surveyors Voluntary Services, where you can help, you can commit your expertise to people that have, um, you know, issues and can't pay for that. So there's many ways that RICS is facilitating public service, and you know, it's just it's another way to kind of further your commitment to the industry. Mm. So collaborating with yeah. different, different bodies yeah. out there. Yeah, I'd like to see us do more around the charitable side as well. I think there's a great opportunity to work with some of the other charities, whether that's Land Aid or, or others, but the RICS could do a lot more to facilitate more charitable work and giving, I think, beyond Lionheart yeah. specifically. Yeah. So that's another piece of the agenda, in fact, that we've already talked about. About how to properly utilise the scale that you yeah, have absolutely. to, to yeah. do good. I like, yeah. um, you talked about for the public benefit, and which you don't, you hear a bit more of in, in um, real estate these days, but still still not enough, so it's really, really good to, to hear that sort of high on yeah. your agenda. You know, to be frank, I think that um, for a long time we assumed everybody understood that high level professional competence was a public benefit, and it is, for sure. Um, you know, our protection of, of um, you know, the standards of how we practice is a public benefit, but that can't go unspoken, and it can't be all we do. Is there a real responsibility to use that word again on the RICS being more vocal about those things and, and, and being able, because, because it's such an um, old institution, an established in, institution, hopefully one that will be here for a, a long time going forward, that it can, say, it can say to members, we need to take a long-term view on, on things like this. Do you, do you think there's an opportunity to be more, more powerful in the, the outputs that we, we hear from the RICS? I certainly think there's more opportunity to be more influential and at the forefront of some of these kind of um, decisions and, and things that would make a difference and to work more closely with government. Mm. So, you know, if there's an objective to, to um, you know, provide 300,000 new homes a year, well, let's work with government to see how we can help facilitate that, mm. you know. So is that planning reform or is it working more closely with house builders or what are the issues that will help facilitate it? So I think there's an opportunity for the RICS to be more participative and be more at the forefront of helping for, uh, facilitate um, objectives that the government have set themselves, you know, rightly uh, and working alongside them, mm. as well as being sufficiently independent to call out issues as they go along the way where, where some things aren't perhaps 
uh, well thought through. Mm. And I think that's where the independence of this institution is really, really important too. Fantastic. And then I, I guess to sort of round us off on this part of the di discussion, um, I'm always interested to hear where you see the, the biggest challenge ahead and then the flip side was not entirely evil. The, the biggest opportunity that, that there is for, for the RICS, either in, in, your, in your role for, as, as president yeah. or, or beyond. <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, for me, I'm, you know, I'm here for 12 months. So um, my biggest challenge is to um, have things I can point to as an accomplishment. There have been things that have you know, been an issue for years that Martin and I would like to put to bed. Um, and I think that carrying us as an organization successfully through this transformation will be key this year. Um, I expect next year to be you know, pretty stable. Mm -hmm. um, right now we're doing a lot of, you know, kind of staff reorganization, um, you know, advisory committees are being set up on different topics and there's a reporting structure that's being established that we're still not all used to. So um, these are, the biggest challenge right now I think is successfully navigating through changes. Mm -hmm. um, the good part I would say about all of that is that the really big changes are done. And I think right now we're, you know, we're refining, you know, finding our sea legs and, and figuring out what's going to work that'll carry us well into the future. Fantastic. And, and, that, and that's the opportunity. Yes, that's the opportunity. It's really it's setting up a really solid, you know, infrastructure organizationally that will allow us to take on bigger challenges that aren't ourselves. <laughs> bigger challenges that affect the planet, you know, that affect housing, um, you know, education, all of, all of those things that we really should have a very large voice in. Fantastic. And we do have, but it's not maybe the focus as much as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, if I can add to that, I, I think Anne's right. We have, a, we have a roadmap. So we know where we want to go, we know what we need to do, and we are following that roadmap at the moment. So the challenge for me is putting all of those additional foundations and you know um, bricks in the wall, if you like, to make sure that we can build the house in the way that we want it to be at the end of the day. And we have a vision for what that looks like. So um, it's, it's just a matter of putting all of those components in place. And a lot of those are people related, but a lot of it is also empowering world regional boards and other panels and everything to go and uh, interact and, and be those advocates for what we're trying to achieve. In terms of what the opportunity or the vision looks like, I think for me, I'd love us to get to a point where if you're in real estate and you're not a member of the RICS, you'll feel disadvantaged. You'll feel disadvantaged at a sort of social and human level and you'll feel disadvantaged at a professional level. So if you're in real estate, you want to be a member of the RICS, or you're going to feel disadvantaged. Now, if we can get to that, our 133,000 members around the world can be 150,000, 200,000. And that doesn't mean that someone needs to run around putting flags in the sand anywhere, you know. Uh, it happens by almost by osmosis because it becomes magnetic because you've got an institution that is dynamic, um, is influential, um, and people want to be a part of it. Is there an argument there then that there's a, and maybe this is part of the, the roadmap, a sort of a restructure of, of price, pricing? You know, a lot of the people that I speak mm -hmm. to whose firms aren't paying for them, it, it can be expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if we want to 
be inclusive, not just diverse. We need to open open things up. Is, is that part of the roadmap as well? Looking at yeah, it's something we've talked about already, yeah, how we do that. Um, I, I, I think there is an opportunity to open up that, that membership for, for other people, yeah. Mm-hmm. And different competencies and yeah. stuff in there as, Why not? as the market <laughs> changes. Yeah, yeah so because so we want more people to be able to also help with... Um, you know, sort of learning and training and, and other things. I think I think people around this organisation should also feel that they're on a continual journey of improvement. You know, I think it's good for everybody to do that. So the more we can facilitate that and training and, and that sort of thing is something I think the institution could do more of. And that's part of the giving back, almost, you know, that, that people get um, better qualified and that's sort of part of what CPD is about as well it's not just a standards and regulation thing it's about people coming becoming better professionals as they go through their working career that's really important the world's changing very fast they should change and evolve and learn along the route as well and uh, um, institutions trying to help facilitate that for them yeah. and perhaps there's an understanding needed that the institution has to do has to do that too. well it has to do it itself uh, of course and, and that, that's to be patient that's too. what we're in the throes of <laughs> trying to deliver at the moment yeah <laughs> and no. that is part of my challenge <laughs> no, no pressure yeah. at all there um i guess a final question then to 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 round us out we're sat back here 12 months time you're going someone else could take on the job now done <laughs> yeah. all the hard, hard hard work what do you what do you, you know, sort of, I know no one ever really does their hands up and says, there we, there we go. Yeah. But that, that moment when you think, <clears throat> I'm handing this over to someone and I feel, I feel good about what I've done. Yeah, so um, one of the things that, that I noticed when I became president was that um, there was a real shift in the expectations for what the president would do. Mm-hmm. So the handoff was, was very abrupt. Uh, it was kind of like, here's your job, you know, it hasn't been done before, go for it. Um, so, um, which I'm always game for, you know, I'll, I'll try anything once. Um, at the, my, my goal is that um, our president-elect, um, Tina, um, her expertise is sustainability, by the way, if you, if you need something on that, um, is that it's much more of a, a fade-out, fade-in. So that she is side by side with me in a lot of what I do, and she understands the expectations in a much more robust way than I did. So when I hand it off, it's smoother, and hopefully her job is easier next year because we will have been through the the really hard part of this transformative process, and, and she will have been key to that, and she'll be able to carry on some of the initiatives that we've started this year. Fantastic. And there's this great thing, isn't there, that in the, in the big room, on the wooden panels, your name is at the top of the new <laughs> right? And then it's going to be followed by another woman, which is amazing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's, you know, yeah. that's yeah. A, a sign of, of the future, of the change to come. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I take, um, actually, I have a, a, a real feeling of, of sisterhood with, um, with Louise, she was, uh, I think in 2015, I mm. believe, she was, she was president, and I had met her in Los Angeles. We were having a, um, a summit in L.A. that I was chairing, and um, we, we got to be, you know, kind of RICS buddies, and she was encouraging me along the way to, you know, you really need to, to keep your eyes on president because, you know, it's an important role and women should do that. And then, of course, Amanda was a huge advocate for for the you know female influence in, in the workplace and and so it's, she's a she's also a great great supporter so it's you know it's not that it's not an issue 
Um, but it is, um, but it, in the most positive way, it informs what I do, and I feel that sense of support. That's brilliant, brilliant to hear. Martin, for you, obviously, probably longer than a 12 month uh, stint. Uh, well, hopefully. For you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's supposed to be, yeah. Um, I, I would like us to get as quickly as possible to um, what everyone regards as a dynamic and flourishing membership that is able to. Um, uh, facilitate us giving back more, not only to its membership, but to all of the stakeholders. So, the facilities that we have, you know, participating here in more events and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that flourishing and dynamic um, membership, I think, is really, really key because so many things spin off that. You know, um, you can do more things, you can give more things back, you can do more charitable things, you can influence and support government more because you've got more resources and more tentacles in which you can do that with. And that, that's not just financial, that's human resources and, and other things that go with it, whether that's collateral and PR commentary or whatever example you want to take. So for me, that's how we kind of ultimately define success. If the membership are happy to be members, they want to be members and they want to participate and you've got a growing membership, I think that's sort of hopefully some mark of success for the, the, the journey that we're on. I wish Thank you. you both the best of luck and we'll Thank come you. back here in a year and, and see what's changed.